Thanks for joining us for our conversation this week. I'm Amy Tokas, co-host with Sandy Lane. Oh, traditions. Sometimes we love them, and other times they just feel like a burden. This episode, Sandy and I share some of our family traditions, how they evolved, which ones stuck, and which ones did not. Always keeping it real. Thanks for listening to Your Real, Your Ideal. Enjoy the conversation, and happy holidays. Hi, Sandy. Amy, hello. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. How was your Thanksgiving? It was quiet and good. Nice. Lots of food. Um, we had a great day and then we got pummeled with snow 13 to 14 inches the next day. Oh, wow. Yeah. But my dog and my husband love it. So they were thrilled. Um, they were fresh powder for the dog on the trail and husband hit the first chairlift at Wolf Creek. And I'm just like, I can do hard things. And Zeke and I had a great little hike through the snow. So good exercise. Very fun. We got a little bit here too, but it was, I had not been watching the news all week. And so when we got snow on, I guess it was Saturday night, I was like, oh my gosh, what's this? (laughs) It's completely unexpected, which was kind of fun. Cause I was like, right. Oh, look at the snowflakes. And then it was a couple of inches. So that was fun. Good one too. Yes. Yes. Thanksgiving was lovely. It's always fun to have the kids around and only a couple of kids came home, but it was still lots of fun. Mm-hmm. So today we're, we're talking about traditions mm-hmm. and the holidays kind of brought this up and the things that, um, we do things we don't do anymore and how traditions have shaped us possibly. What tra- what's your favorite tradition that your family does? Oh, wow. I'm, I know that's a hard question. <laughs> okay. It, you know, and it's interesting too, because it's, I've been doing some reading because I had a medium, you know, how people identify tradition and it's a different thing. And for me, it's probably more feelings, right? And so I'm a traditionalist more in those ongoing feelings of being sentimental. You know, I've been called sentimental Sandy, but um, I'm not hung up on doing the same thing. I, in fact, when, when you asked me what I, how I enjoyed my Thanksgiving, the best part about my Thanksgiving was we had nothing planned. And up until things that have to be planned, like what food should we have? You know, that requires going to the grocery store. I liked it that it was just Garrett and I, not that I I love the tradition of I've loved my past with a big family, but I equally enjoy it being just Garrett and I and being able to cook. But I guess to answer your question, now that I'm talking out loud, the good China voice comes out. So my grandparents, China, no matter what, if we would have, there's Thanksgivings, we keep it super easy and do just the turkey breast and a couple of sides, no matter what I get the China out. So that would be, and and no matter what, I will talk to each of my sons, my mom and dad, either FaceTime or talk to and feel gratitude back in whether we're together or not together. Yes. But a very roundabout way to answer your question, the family China. The family China. Well, that's awesome. But I think, I think it's that's... a mental side because it reminds me of all the different Thanksgivings past, right? It reminds yeah. me of my grandmother. It reminds me of how she liked to get the good china out when we had a meal and how when my mom gifted the china to me, my set 
she said, don't just wait till until special occasions. So if I take the time to cook something special, I'll get the china out. I love that. Um, you're carrying it on from your grandmother to you. And how do you, do you think this is going to go forward to no, somebody else? No, <laughs> Uh, but, but what my, we've learned that with so many different things, like, well, that's what I was wondering. How do you- side, and not everybody's sentimental. Um, yeah. and it's the time in their lives. I'll tell you too. I've learned just because of the age my kids are, they're in their twenties to 30. The youngest is the oldest is 30. They're just in this busy stage of life. And I remember when I was that age, my, if my mom would have given me the China, then which maybe I did get some of it then I never used it or I didn't think about it as much because I was so busy. So part of it's timing. I'm at a point in my life where traditions and sentiment can go more hand in hand. So once they have wives or significant others that show an interest, I would share it, but I probably wouldn't throw it on them and wait because everybody's different. And my brother is not a traditionalist. He's Last time I was with him, he wanted me to take the family piano. And I'm like, well, there you go. You know, (laughs) right. So I think that's important to note when it comes to trend traditions, because you're okay with your boys not carrying it on. Like you're not holding it so sacred that somebody has to do it and you're, you're making them feel obligated I was reading an article and I think I put it, I'll put it in the show notes, but it was about don't even start traditions because your kids aren't going to want to do them later. And I was thinking about that. We had a tradition, the birthday fairy. I don't know if you ever did the birthday fairy, (laughs) the birthday fairy would come the night of the child's birthday at our house. And so while they were sleeping, they would wake up in their, on their birthday and the room would be decorated. They would have streamers and balloons. And so they wake up and their room is all very fun decorated. Okay. It was very fun. My sister started it with her kids and I just started doing it too. And so carried that tradition on like my girls were like, yes, yes. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Trevor was 13 and he woke up, <laughs> he goes, okay, will you stop now? Like <laughs> done. done. And I told the girls, I'm like, oh, he killed the birthday fairy. It's done. It's over. <laughs> like, so it was actually, um, kind of funny, but I was like, okay, it's done now. And I, I don't feel sad because it, it was great memories and it was a great tradition. And maybe my kids will do it sometime when they have kids, but it's not useful right now in this phase of life, The right. you know, they're, they're over it. And so, um, it's, it was kind of one of those that made me think of the phases of life that we go through and what we appreciate at certain ages we have to not do. And then maybe it'll come back later. Well, Amy, I love Christmas music. And so I immediately start playing Christmas music all the time. My oldest son hates Christmas music. And I didn't figure this out till he's an adult. And I think because he didn't want to hurt my feelings. But I mean, it was like scratching his nails on a chalkboard if he was with me and I turn on Christmas music because I just totally tainted him with it. And 
you know, sometimes they can take a different effect, you know, back to Christmas or Thanksgiving traditions or Christmas traditions. We, because we enjoy them doesn't mean everybody else does. And, you know, what I've learned is back to the family China, mom and I try to think through who in the whole family would appreciate it the way we do. And we made sure that a cousin, when she got married, we pulled a full set together for her and sent it to her. So maybe we're a little bit more thoughtful in the ones that want to continue the tradition and get out of it what we do, but we don't assume that everybody feels the same way that we do. And I I think I'm the same way with holidays. You know, my boys, two of the boys, two or three are coming for Christmas. And rather than saying we're doing this, this, and this, I'm making it more of an open conversation. And what I'm finding is there's definitely some traditions that are coming up that they're like, we have to do this, or we have to eat that. But then other things that have been top of mind to me haven't come up at all. So that's kind of a good exercise is to not interject anything and see what they bring up. Right. Oh yes. I do that every Thanksgiving. I'm like, okay, what do you all want for sides? And so they, they have to submit what they want. And then I ended up making that plus more (laughs) is usually what happens, Leftovers, (laughs) but but I make sure that we have, have what they want to create. So an example of that this year, um, one of my kids has a roommate from the UK and she couldn't get back to the UK for the holiday, obviously. So she came to our house and joined us. Nice. I know it was very fun, but she made a stuffing that they make every Christmas at their house. And it was really good, but it's completely different than our stuffings. And I will tell you. So like how, what's in it? It's, uh, it was hamburger and, oh no, no, not hamburger. I'm sorry. It's sausage and breadcrumbs. And then it was almost like a meatball, I would say, but in a loaf And then it had some apple and it had some orange zest and, um, onion. And I can't remember what else it had, but it was, it was very good. It was yummy. But my other child, (laughs) she was like, well, we're going to have regular stuffing too. Right. (laughs) I'm not giving that up for this. And so we ended up having both but it was fun, but it was nice that Faye brought her tradition of her family and we got to enjoy that. And she's going to be with us for Christmas also. So we're going to do it again for Christmas and have it again. Um, And I think she appreciated it because she got to share something because she couldn't be home with her family. And I know Thanksgiving's not a thing for them, but Christmas will be. And so she got to be part of the family. But that can throw a family off too. When I, you tell, told that story. I remember in the late eighties, my brother, it was the three kids, my mom and dad, and my brother brought a girlfriend home for Christmas. And there was no, I, I remember she being a little bit pushy because all of a sudden she said, well, I am going to make my family's tamale recipe. And we're all looking at each other like, what's a tamale? I mean, we had never had one. We grew up, you know, we didn't go to restaurants or fast food. It was the cooking and we had our traditional and our kind of, 
evening meals, but we didn't even know what a tamale was. And she kind of took over the kitchen and we all looked at each other and it's like, I guess we're having tamales. And they were very good. And I'll think of her every time I have a tamale, but I remember how everybody didn't want to be rude, but yet we were all just a little bit, you know, kind of like the stuffing. We're still going to have our stuffing, right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> is there some sort of conversation about what everybody does want for our traditional holiday? Right. That's so funny. The tamales just toss that in there. That's pretty good. It's similar to when you get married, if you think about it and you combine families and you have to pick like who you're going to celebrate holidays with and what traditions you're going to continue on and the stuff like that. It's just a whole, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to navigate that. And it really comes up with Christmas because you find people have, when do we open gifts? We open our gifts on Christmas Eve. You know, the, the how Santa comes, are the gifts wrapped? Are they not wrapped? You know, you throw kids in the equation, right? Yes. We're matching jammies. Well, we always go to midnight mass, but we like to sleep and get up early. You know, there's just, there is all kinds of very deep traditions that you do hear a lot of people when they're the in-laws or new to the family that um, have some discourse over having to yeah. shift, right? Well, and the even their family did it. Completely. And I remember my kids shifted as they grew up. They wanted to do um they wanted to do midnight mass and then open gifts right after so they could sleep in. And I was like, oh, well, that's an interesting idea. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> so we did it. And we did a couple of uh, trips. I would say a lot of times over Christmas, we would go on a trip. And so when the kids were little, Santa would come before we left town, like on December 18th, school's out, Santa comes, and then we leave for a trip. And it's like a completely different type of experience, but it was really fun memories. Fun. And yeah. it's fun to mix it up too, right? I guess I've always found not being too stuck in my own traditions makes the holiday or the celebration so much better. Kind of like the tamales. We could have all, I could have got, talked to my other brother and complained behind the scenes, said, you know, we aren't really hungry. And there's a lot of ways we could have handled it in a very non-diplomatic, snotty 20-year-old reaction. And when we just ate the tamales and said, you know what, this is pretty good. We were all good, you know, <laughs> all good. or going yeah. to the in-laws. I always like to be the in-law that said, you know what, we can go with the flow. We'll make it, we'll make it work. You're dealing with, there were more people in that family than my family. So, you know, we can make more modifications with three kids than you can with nine and their spouses and my parents didn't live close by. So I tended to go with the flow anyway. I think that's important to go with the flow. Like, I think that having the flexibility to not be so tied to a tradition that you're making other people do it when nobody else wants to do it anymore, or right. when it's just not the time, like, I wanted to decorate the Christmas tree when the kids were home for Thanksgiving. So I was like, okay, Thanksgiving, let's set up the tree tomorrow. And they were all, no, we don't want to, <laughs> they wanted to do other stuff. And I was like, 
all right, I guess I'm doing it tomorrow when you're not here. And it, it was a little like, really, I just wanted their help, but, but I was also a little sad that I was like, oh, I'm doing it by myself this year. That's kind of, or, and Tom helped me, but it was still kind of like, oh, no one's helping us. Did they, did they not get as much out of it? Um, yeah. And that is, that is tough too. And I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I am very sentimental and I, I don't, with the word tradition, I like the thought of it, but yet it sounds a little stringent. And when I, when my divorce was final, my parting words from my attorney were, Sandy, I know you'll get remarried because you're a very traditional person. And I kind of thought about that. He meant it very kindly saying, you know what, you'll get married. You'll be very settled in. And, but that sounded to me like I was very structured and I needed to, I needed that tradition to fulfill me. And, you know, what, what did that mean by being traditional? Does it mean that you're set in your ways, right? Does tradition mean you like to have the comforts of the same thing over and over again? Can tradition be bad? You know, that kind of struck me as not bad, but like, oh, am I that predictable? And do I, are my needs that high that I, well, he didn't say I was going to be an independent woman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, which you are, but, um, what I will say when I was doing some reading as they were talking about how, uh, traditions create predictability and safety And for, especially for children growing up that they know what's going to happen, they've had it. So there is some security and tradition. So I could see where somebody would look at you or even me or anybody and say, you're going to keep probably wanting to do the same things you've always done because you're sentimental. And so you will probably find something similar to this and just a different form or something. So it wasn't bad. No, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it was meant to be mean. Um, I was reading on how to let go of traditions, you know, um, and one of the things they said is to start something new. If you're going to let something go, then, you know, put something in its place. And, um, I, 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 that was hard for me because we had, um, we always watch Christmas vacation on Thanksgiving yeah. night and <clears throat> it's just a thing, but it's Tom's family. We've always been together with his family on Thanksgiving or almost always. And that's what we've done with all of them on Christmas night. This year we weren't together. His mom passed away last year and we were all, we just didn't get together this year. Cause we were together this summer, but we were watching it still on Thanksgiving night. And it was kind of fun. Cause you know, people were texting each other. <laughs> so, really fun. so it was kind of cool, but it was a little sad because it was different. And so that, I don't know, it felt very, not the same. I'll say that it didn't feel the same, but it still felt good. So one thing that came to mind with me with that, there's an article that came through medium that was called why non-traditional Thanksgivings can be the best Thanksgivings. And the subline was Norman Rockwell did not approve this message. 
And one of the stories in here was of a couple that was very traditional and there was a big snowstorm and friends were going through town on their way to their family, all dressed up. They ended up spending the night at their house. They went to a Chinese restaurant and walked through the snow, ruined a pair of shoes, happened to find a bottle of champagne and it's one of their favorite Thanksgivings. And it reminded me in Omaha, there was the Christmas that there was a huge snowstorm like 14 years ago, 13 years ago, and pretty much everybody had to stay home. So either you had everything for a huge gathering and nobody could show up, or you had nothing because you were planning to go somewhere, but all your plans and traditions were likely sabotaged. But the feedback that most everybody gave is it was a very special Christmas and one that they'll never forget because it ended up being this non-traditional, make the best of what you have. And it kind of broke all the traditions, but people will talk about that Christmas. I mean, do you remember that Christmas? I do. As, as you were saying it, I was like, do I, oh yeah, I do remember that Christmas. And I remember because we had to hunker down as a family and it created that opportunity for us to spend really good quality time together. Right. There was yeah. no, but, but, but breaking that tradition that are a lot of traditions, people were happy with it. But I think that's also because it isn't because the turkey burned in the oven. So now we're not having the traditional turkey. It was weather related and it was kind of this little blessing in disguise to give, give you an excuse to just enjoy each other. Right. Right. Um, that reminds me the story of the, the people who couldn't travel for the weather and someone else came that movie skipping Christmas. I've never seen that or the book. I don't know if the movie and the book are called the same. The book was skipping Christmas and Oh, um, the movie was Christmas with the cranks. Okay. I, I think, think that's I've... what it was. You should watch it. It's okay. very cute because it's this couple probably our age and they decide that they are going on a trip for Christmas. And they always have this yearly party where everybody comes the whole neighborhood. And, and so they decide they're not doing it. They didn't decorate their house. They're not doing anything. They're going on this dream vacation. Well, they get a text from their daughter as they're getting ready to leave for their trip that she is coming home. She's surprising them with She's coming home and she's bringing her fiance, which they did not know about this new person. <laughs> so they have to, and she's like, I'm super excited for the party. And so they like do, they turn on a dime and they have to like create this whole event and decorate all like within 24 hours. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. It's can, cute because I totally relate to that. Yeah. And so go back another holiday. So the big one for me was Halloween. And what ended up being a big tradition and got really big was when the, when Grant wasn't even born, we started the tradition of having trick-or-treating in our backyard and it was just family. And the whole idea was let's have all the lanes come over and we'll take the kids. They come in costume. We'll have a Halloween party, but because they can't trick-or-treat together, we can all bring kids, our kids can trick-or-treat with each other. Well, then we started inviting the neighbors and it grew and grew. And by the time, you know, the last party we had was probably like 2008 then, I think so, 2008. 
I mean, it was humongous. I think we had over 500 people over the course of the whole day that would come and go and neighbors and friends, and it became a tradition. But once you start inviting people, you don't uninvite, and then you have to keep inviting and you have to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And people will say to me, don't you miss that? That was such a big deal that you put on. And it was joyful when I did it but I don't miss it anymore because it got so big. I'd never tell you at the time, oh my gosh, I'm done. This is too much. I would tell you, I love this. This is great. Oh, aren't these awesome? But been there, done that. You know, it just, traditions can get overpowering sometimes because we put pressure on ourselves and they do grow and you're not going to undo something. It's, it tends to get more elaborate. We tend not to simplify. We go the other way, don't we? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, does your tree get smaller and you give away some of your ornaments every year? No, you know, you add more ornaments, maybe another tree because you have too many ornaments, but how often do we simplify traditions? Oh, very rarely. (laughs) I'm just remembering the year before we moved to this apartment, which is small, we had a larger home and I think I had four Christmas trees. I was like, this is crazy. And so now we're back down to one, but it was just because I had opportunity to put them up. It just got bigger and bigger. You know, I read this in a David Sedaris book and it cracked me up because it's so true. He, uh, I can't remember what the gift was. Was it an owl? Was it a squirrel? It was some sort of an animal that, um, I think it was a squirrel that his sister had given him something with a squirrel on it. Well, pretty soon everybody was giving him presents with squirrels on it. And we, I thought about my dad and he said, really, you know, it's fine, but isn't it funny how everybody tries to find that one thing that either somebody likes or doesn't like, but because they have a lot of it, you keep buying more of it for them. Like I buy my dad owls all the time. And I think, oh, an owl, I got to get this for Dan. He's got all these owls, right? But sometimes do we create traditions and then it steamrolls that you think because somebody has a collection of frogs, um, every time you see a frog, you have to buy it for them, you know? So do we put traditions on people and what they like because we see it, but sometimes can it just snowball too? Oh, cool. Yes. <laughs> like I remember, um, I used to do the department 56. My sister got me yes. department 56 village. And I started doing it with um, the North Pole. And so I collected the North Pole because each building has a letter and it spells out North Pole. And I'm like, okay, that's good. Well, it caught on to people that I was collecting them. And so every year I was getting them. (laughs) I was like, okay, I've got way too many of them now. And I don't put them out. I put them out like maybe every two or three years because there's so much. And it's like, it is a burden now to store them and then go through the process of getting them out. But I think that's a great reminder for everyone and for our listeners, because when I read that in the David Sedaris book, I thought, how many times have I been guilty of seeing something and just buying more of that when that might not even be something they want more of, you know, assuming because you see that they just want more and more of that thing becomes a burden. It can be a burden. Well, and it's, it shows, I will say it probably is a burden for the receiver, but for the giver in the moment you see that thing and you think of them and you're like, Oh, 
okay. you know, their North Pole house. I know. Yeah. Or my dad loves owls. I'm going to get him another one. This, this reminds me of him. This makes me think of him. And so there you go. It goes through that process. But now I'm getting like cards, right? So that at oh, least yeah. I can pick up space, right? Yeah. Good. So yeah, now that you know that he has plenty, yes. you can shift and say, okay, what do you want now? <laughs> Yeah. My kids all have collections. My uh, mother-in-law was huge on collections. She loved to start collections for the kids and give it to them every year. And yeah, it was, so oh. they all have a collection of some kind. And actually my their mother-in-law collections. So maybe I should just ask him if he does like the owls. Cause he does enjoy, he likes collections. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody's different on that. Well, traditions can be fun and they can also be a burden. Um, I have, I was thinking about traditions and I started thinking about my childhood. And one of the things that I thought of was food and the way certain foods take me back to um, a tradition of some kind. And one of them, I was trying to think through some of the foods, but one of them was watermelon. And yeah, every time I have watermelon and it's out, I think of my childhood and we used to go camping all summer long. That was like our family thing. And we were water skiing and camping and we always had watermelon. That was like the food. Yeah. Right. The food, the food smells. Um, Ben will say to me, or he said to me before, mom, do you smell that? Do you smell that? I'll be like, what, what? And it was actually the smell of a uh, picture like DiGiorno pizza, the really thick, crusty pizzas that have a little bit of sauce. Well, what it reminded him was Prairie Life, where we'd go, where the kids would play in the gym we belonged to, because I'd let them buy a little mini pizza and they'd put it in the microwave and make the kids pizza. Well, that triggered for him childhood, 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 because of the microwave uh, pizzas that they would, that I'd allow them to get at Prairie Life. He's like, mom, it smells like Prairie Life. And it oh. was like pizza. I love that. That's so sweet. But he's the same kid that wanted nothing to do with Thanksgiving because he can't stand Thanksgiving food. He has mashed potatoes. He's always been a picky eater, but, and so he's like, I'm all good. I got myself a little Caesars and I'm watching football. Nice. (laughs) That's great. That's uh, food wise. My kids love Christmas cooking, the Christmas cookies and the treats and all that. It's always been a big tradition that we make a lot and we give it to all of our friends. And uh, I, I made a lot last year because I had time and they were coming for Christmas, but this year we're traveling. So I don't think I'm going to do any Christmas cooking, which is it's kind of hard because I'm like, oh, I really want to make something, but then I, then it's just Tom and I sitting here eating it. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to. So well, anyway, this was vacation again instead, right? Exactly. Or Elf, I love or Elf. Elf. Oh my god, oh, makes me laugh. All right, well, Sandy, thanks for sharing some of your traditions. It was a great conversation. Okay, well, enjoy the holiday season, and until next week, Amy. Bye bye. All right, thanks. Bye.